Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Forever. Dog. This is Nicole's the show like a lot of times Who is gonna be chief of surgery Shana Rhymes wrote the show and it is really really good Meredith Grey Welcome to another episode of Nicole's Grey's Anatomy. I am Nicole Silverberg, and I'm the host of this podcast in which we talk about Grey's Anatomy. I am so pumped for you to listen to this episode because we tried something a little bit different, and I actually think that maybe we'll keep doing episodes like these, which is uh, formatted where someone who actually doesn't watch Grey's Anatomy yet can't help but get hooked, but someone who doesn't watch Grey's Anatomy yet watches an episode kind of out of context and then gives their impression. So Taylor Guerin, who is an incredible comedian and writer, uh, has watched the shooting episodes, the the two-part finale of season six. And she came in and she talked about her impressions of the episode, uh, what it seemed like to her without kind of the background information. But she, she did have like a spirit guide of Grey's Anatomy. Her roommate is a Grey's fan and kind of was there as a resource. So she wasn't completely in the dark uh, because, you know, season six, it's it's a little late. It's a little late to get started. But yeah, it's a very fun episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. Uh, if you haven't yet rated or uh, reviewed the podcast, I'd really appreciate it. And as always, you can tweet at me at N Silverberg if you have any thoughts about Grays. Um, I'm really excited for these next few episodes coming up. I think they're all really fun and exciting. Uh, yeah. And that's it. Let's just get straight into it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nicole's Gray's Anatomy. This episode is really exciting because we're doing something a little different. We are having one of my pals from Reductress, who's just an incredible writer and comedian and all around just cool person. Taylor Garon is here. Hey, everyone. Yeah. And Taylor does not watch Grey's, but we threw her into the deep end and she watched the shooting episodes. To, to be clear, I gave three options and none of them were like 
easy. Mm-hmm. But I said, do you want to watch the plane crash? Do you want to watch the shooting episodes? Or do you want to watch the bomb and the body cavity episodes? And you consulted your roommate and friend who's Grey's fanatic. She's a big fan. Yeah. And she was like, you got to do the shooting. So she, we were roommates in college and we're roommates here. And so she knows all my like idiosyncrasies and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I was like, bomb violence can't do it. Okay. Not, wasn't going to work for me um, because of a CSI episode I saw when I was a child. <gasps> yeah. Oh my God. I was like way too young to watch CSI it. CSI Las Vegas? I think it was, I don't even remember, but it was. It's okay. Later you can describe the episode to me I and wait. I literally will tell you if it's a Las Vegas episode because it will <laughs> ring a bell because I will have seen it three times. I can't um, wait. <laughs> but we'll do that off the air just out of respect to my listeners who I do value and cherish. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So the bomb was a no. That was a no. And I understand. Um, and I sure. respect it. She was, uh, the plane crash was also an option. But she was like, it's heavy in a different way than the shooting. Totally agree. The it plane was, crash is, I, last episode um, was about Lexi Gray, who um, you saw mm-hmm. in this episode, um, pushing the cart um, and s- seeing the uh, shooter in the hallway. Mm. Um, and she, and she was one of uh, the white dog. Anyway, uh, she uh, dies in the plane crash episode and re- and Anna Baryshnikov, who was on, we both were like, we actually rewatched her death in order to like prepare for that episode. And we're yeah. like, we're not going to watch that on the podcast because it was too upsetting. And that was after I'd sent the email to you being like, we could do the plane crash. And I was like <laughs> kind of relieved when you didn't choose it because it, yes, it is is tough in a different way. Totally. But, you know, typically I started out the podcast asking, like, what's your Grey's journey? But I guess what I want to ask is, like, what was your impression of Grey's Anatomy before, um, before you know, yesterday? Sure. Yes. So I knew it was medical drama, which is, like, fun. Love that. I love a procedural of all kinds. Yeah. Um, my thing is SVU. So it's a little yeah. bit different. Love, Law, and Order. A little bit different. Um, so I think I was prepared for that kind of, like, drama, violence, like, that kind of thing going in. But... Turns out I was not. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. I, we haven't talked at all about what your experience was. So I'm just wait. so happy. <laughs> but yeah, I knew it was going to be intense. Um, also, I know about Shonda and her writing style and like kind of yes. her, how she does things. So Have I knew you was, watched any of her, her shows? I've seen, what's the one? Is Queen Sugar her? Is that? I don't think no. so. I think that's. There's another one that's like in the similar vein. I can't remember. There's but. how to get away with murder. Okay. That's yeah. what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I even thought those were in the similar vein. They're totally not. But. But that's okay. Yeah. Um, seen a bunch of that. Yeah. Have you seen any scandal? No. Yeah. I haven't seen any of that, but. I I only ask because how to get away with murder is Shonda produced, but not written. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit less like pure Shonda than scandal and Grey's are. Um, though still, it's still classic. Yeah. Like, you know, you uh, still are getting, you're still getting Shondaland. It's just, it's just a, a little bit different. Sure. Um, okay. So you knew it was a medical drama. Yeah. Um, what else? I I expected kind of like I m- expected more melodrama than and um, maybe the rest of the series actually is. Of course, this was like the last two episodes of like a season. So, of course, yeah. it's going to be like very, very intense. Um, I expected more like melodrama and like love and romance and that kind mm-hmm. of and like that kind of thing. And surely there was. I just have no context for any of it. Sure. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that. I mean, Grey's Anatomy has a reputation for being kind of like a melodramatic, like people call it kind of soapy mm-hmm. tonally. I think that in the season, you know, the shooting is the last is the season finale of season six, mm-hmm. which in a normal show is quite far along. And Grey's is not even at the halfway point for where we're say. at right now, which is <laughs> stunning. And um, 
And I guess I would say that I would say in season six, it's still tonally pretty straight in comparison to like what its reputation is. Mm-hmm. Though there are certainly like soapy moments, yeah. but but kind of in the in the context of Gray's drama, you know, the bomb and the body cavity is pa- played very straight. That's mm-hmm. like a mid season. It's treated much more like a medical case than it is like a a disaster that befalls the characters. There is like in season three, Meredith um, drowns. And that's like a very like it affects the characters in the hospital in kind of like a different sort of way. Wait, does she see does she go to the ghost hospital? Is that what or ghost something? She has there's an episode in which she's kind of in the space in between life and death. Mm -hmm. And it's in. Yeah. in kind of like ghost space in a hospital and people who have died are coming to talk to her. Gotcha. My and roommate kind of, and I were and talking about that. Yes. And like up. kind of talking about like fighting for her life and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I would say that this season six finale with the shooting is the first instance of what Grays ends up kind of having a reputation for, which are having like these massive disasters mm-hmm. that occur that like traumatize the doctors. Cause uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of that does happen. But I, I think that season six kind of establishes that as like a, as like a season it's finale like thing. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Love that. So what did you think of the episodes? <sighs> okay. So. Well, first of all, did you like them? I did. Yeah. yeah. I, they were very intense to me. And I was also, I sat down with my roommate. I'd like worked a morning shift. And so I was like a little exhausted already. <laughs> um, and uh, so I sat down with her Perfect. and I was like, this is <laughs> the only time that I have to watch this. Um, she was off of work, so we watched them together, and we ordered Thai food, and then we started the episode. That's the way to do it. Yeah, with it was a gal pal with food it that was you very did cute. not make. No, nope. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was coming, but it was a little late, and it didn't get to us until uh, the scene where I don't remember any of these characters' names. That's I'm sorry, fine. but no, no, Mandy Moore yep. is in the room. I don't remember what her character's name is either. She's- <laughs> Mandy Moore is there. Yeah. Um, her husband has gone to get her a burger or something. Yes. The nurse is in there and also the surgeon is in there. And then they're on lockdown. The shooter comes in. Gary Clark, I remember his name. Yes. Gary comes in um, and Mandy Moore is playing dead. Yes. The surgeon is hiding in the bathroom and the nurse whose name escapes me is hiding under the bed. Miranda Bailey, who actually is a surgeon, but lies and said that she's yeah, a nurse. Yeah, she says she's yeah. a nurse. Yeah. Also, oh my gosh, this is like a, a big aside, but like her performance of like just shock and not being able to get words out of her mouth in that moment like really, really affected me. It was like super realistic. Yeah. Are you a surgeon? Answer me! No! 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 I'm a nurse! I'm a nurse! I'm a nurse! I think so too. That was like brilliant. Yeah, her acting in this episode, also with the elevator scene. Is- oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Um, we'll get there. We'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Um, but that's when the Thai food showed up. Yeah. And she like, <laughs> in my room, like I paused it and it, she came back right when uh, the surgeon in the bathroom like dropped something. And so the shooter realizes he's in there and then you don't see it, but you hear it off screen. Like, are you a surgeon? And then he's get he gets shot and he falls and he's like staring at her. And then are, you're like, she's safe. And then the shooter like pulls her out from under the bed. Oh, it was like very intense. And I didn't love, needless to say, I didn't eat my Thai food until like much later. Yeah.
your search. Please. Are you searching? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, sir, I am. Oh, no. 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 Oh, no. Please. <laughs> But yeah, so I think general impression of the episode was I, I it was exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You know, it was the the kind of drama I wanted and the kind of suspense that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like I said, I'm used to I'm used to SVU where yeah. all of a sudden someone in court stands up and starts shooting. And that's what I was looking for. It was like, yes, I knew this person, you know, who the red herring is going to be in SVU. Like it's it's a plot yes. point at a certain at a certain point. Um, you knew this guy was going to be the shooter, especially because I knew it was an episode about a shooting. But I was yeah. like, when's it going to start? Who's going to provoke it? Like when? Like what does this all mean? You know, did your roommate kind of tell you about like what the history of Gary Clark was like in, in the previous in the season leading up to it? So she didn't. And it was because I asked her not to. I wanted yeah. to like go into it like kind of contextless. But probably about 15 minutes into the episode, once he's asking around to like it to find the, the head of, of the chief of surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Pause something happened to his wife. Like his wife died and that's how he's trying to get revenge. And she yeah. was like, yeah. And it was like, of course, that's like such a, uh, a melodramatic, that, that's yeah. what it would be. Totally. It makes yeah, like he, a lot of sense. He, you meet him as just like a very sweet man whose mm-hmm. wife is sick and they have end up having to unplug her and he's grieving and he ends up suing the hospital for malpractice. Mm-hmm. And Derek, who is the chief of surgery, it is new to that job. And there's a lot of, there are a lot of factors going on. His relationship with Meredith is um, in some ways rocky at the time. And he does not do a good job. Mm-hmm. Like when gotcha. he's with the hospital lawyer and Gary Clark is with his lawyers and they're kind of asking like, describe the case and things like that. Mm-hmm. Derek doesn't have a lot of experience with that because he hasn't been in the job and he kind of, he keeps you know, you're supposed to be very detached of and course. cold and you're supposed to say, you know, say the patient and things like that. And he keeps saying like your wife and like things that are, that are, they're like emotional. Yeah. yeah. At one point the, the lawyer pulls him outside and she says, Gary Clark doesn't have a case, yeah. but you're like giving him one yeah. with the way that you're handling this. So, um, so, and so you know that Gary Clark is disgruntled, but that you definitely don't ever have any indication that he's going to do something yeah, like this. Do something like this. Yeah. Um, and when you see him and he's asking for the chief of surgery, you, you definitely are like, oh God, this guy's back. That sucks. Yeah, like, you know, like, oh, he's sad. It, yeah, yeah. Like, oh God, this guy's like really been up Derek's ass about his dead wife. Totally. But like, you don't necessarily see this, this and big I think thing coming. If I'd gone into the episode, not knowing that there was going to be a shooting, I wouldn't have considered that. Right. But also when he is like looking for this person, he runs into Dr. Reed. Is that her name? The surgeon? Yeah. With the really short hair. <sighs> that was, that's a surprise. That, when he it was just her. like, yeah, it was, I was, I was blown away by that, especially because it was so violent. Like, yes, so it was like it's so really violent. Intense. Yeah, he shoots her like in the head. In the head, yeah, um, yeah. That was like very, especially because she's being so short with him beforehand and like getting so sassy. Excuse me, ma'am. It's doctor. What? I was wondering if you could tell me where I could find Doctor Derek Shepard. Um, you know, I don't know. Can you tell me where his office is? I'm kind of turned around here. Sir, you know, I have a patient having seizures in there. Go find a nurse and ask them. Ma'am. Look, you're not even supposed to be back here. I'm not a tour guide. I'm a surgeon, okay? 
You she's know, a like, bitch, and that's kind of like her character. Like her something, something, uh, kind of in the world of Grey's, like two hospitals merge. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so some of those characters have been with us since day one. Meredith, um, Alex Karev, uh, Christina, uh, I'm try- uh, you know, Weber, mm-hmm. Derek, uh, th- those characters have been with us since day one. Characters like um, Lexi, th- those are have been with us since like season three, four ish. Like, but they're they're like originals. Mm-hmm. But Charles, who dies by the elevators, Reed, who gets shot in the head, April Kepner, who is the one who's like, I grew up on a pig farm, oh like my gosh. something She's like that. Irritating, but yeah, thank you for saying so that. Irritating. I agree. I fucking hate April Kepner, and I was just and like, there are different, there are differing opinions. Some people absolutely stand Kepner, though I think very few people stand her back in season six. Back then, but the, but those um, those three, as well as um, Jackson Avery, who I can't remember if he's in that episode. Jesse Williams is the actor. He is. He's the first person who. Um, the chief of surgery comes in and is like, there's a shooter. He's like doing a surgery and he's like, there's a shooter. Don't tell anyone, but just like keep these people oh, in this room. And he has right. to like hold it together. I was like, I was trying to remember where, yeah, he's the one who thinks to unhook Derek yes. at the end. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those, those characters are all new. Gotcha. They've just come over from the merger. So the fact that we lose half of them is, is awful. But, um, from a, from a writing perspective, they're a little bit more freebies because we haven't really... Like, when Reed gets shot, she's mm-hmm. just, like, this new character who's been with us for a season who's, like, a huge fucking bitch. Yeah. But you kind of... But I, I liked her. Yeah. But she's kind of mean. She's a little bit of a bully. Like, um... And she was best friends with April, right? That's yes. why it was, like, so shocking when yeah, she, like, found her. Yeah, they're absolute best Aww. friends. Yeah. That's rough. Dr. Kemner? What is it? Do you know, I, I grew up on a farm. I, I grew up on a farm, so you know, blood, blood doesn't, doesn't bother me. I, I slaughtered a pig once. That was a lot of blood. Bleeding like a stuck pig, you know, that's, that's a saying. To bleed like a pig, you know, it means something. But you don't, you don't think of people as having that much blood. I mean, you learn in med school how many pints we all have in us, but you don't realize it until you see it. You don't get how... How much blood and scapers? Oh my God, Reed, she's she's like almost anorexic. She's like five pounds. You you wouldn't think she'd have that much blood in her, but she April. she did. April. She did. April. She did. April. I mean, April. 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 You're in shock. It's all right. Tell me what happened. Reed's dead. Someone shot her. Oh uh, yeah, it's really rough. It was weird. So when that scene happened, when April trips over Reed and is covered in blood and goes to the chief of surgery's office. What is his name? Derek? Derek Shepard. Derek Shepard. When yeah. he goes to when he goes to Derek Shepard's office and she's telling this whole story about like the farm and the pigs and stuff. I was like, oh, my God, just like tell him what you have to say. Like people yes. are in danger, you know. And so she finally gets it out. And it was like, oh, that took forever. And then my roommate was like, oh, but she just tripped over her best friend like they were best friends. And I was like, oh, my God, empathy. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> that's actually very sad. <laughs> like, poor yeah. Thing. OK, so shocking moments include when Reed got shot. Reed got shot. Head. Very what, shocking. Were there any other moments that like. Just um, surprised you when when the nurse got pulled out from under the bed. Very yes. shocking. Also, this is shocking in the other direction that Mandy Moore kept a straight face through that whole thing. Yeah, because she was covered up, and then he uncovered her, and like the Gary Clark uncovered her, had a moment, then discovered the surgeon was in the bathroom. So she just like kept a straight face, playing dead while he got shot. The nurse was like the nurse who was yeah. actually a surgeon was like dealing with all that. So that was like very intense. Yeah. Um. What else? Oh, also when. Gary Clark, the hospital's on lockdown. 
Gary is walking up the stairs and one of the nurses is like, hey, we're on lockdown. You like can't go up there. And he just turns around, and, like shoots her and kills her. Yeah, that was very intense. I know, especially followed by immediately by the intense scene where uh, the two people who I found out were date were dating or sleeping together. And the man is I'm sorry, I don't know any of these people. No, names. that's OK. But the I- man is protecting this like blonde nurse and they get to the elevator and the elevator opens. And the guy who had been shot at the, the moment after Reed got shot is in the elevator and he's almost dead. And that's like her. Okay, so Karev, Alex Karev, who's one of the original five interns, he's the one who shot in the elevator. Mm -hmm. Yes, he he and Lexi did briefly date. Lexi is actually a doctor, and she is Meredith's sister. Um, And so a lot of Meredith's story is that her mom is like this famous surgeon who has won all these awards. She ends. You find out in the pilot episode that she has Alzheimer's. Uh Like you would think that she. People thought like, oh, you know, she must have retired or something like mm-hmm. that. And Meredith is the only one who knows that like my mom didn't want to have this. Um, she didn't want anyone to know. Yeah. So, she, But she's like in a home. And her dad, because her mother was such a difficult woman and also for various other reasons with weaknesses with her dad, her dad left their family at a certain point. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to Meredith, he like had this whole new family. Oh, my gosh. And Lexi is, is, is her oh, half-sister so. from this new family, and she shows up to be an intern at the hospital. Interesting. And, and like, season four, season three or season four. And so they are not very close at first, and then they become very close. Gotcha. Are they close at this point? Very close, okay, yes. Cool. Mark, who is um, the guy who uh, was with – is the other guy who was with who goes into the elevator. Mm-hmm. He is Derek's best friend. And he and Lexi are together. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then, and then they're like, they're like treating him like on the table in that conference room. And they're trying to keep him quiet because he's screaming, but they don't want the shooter to find him. So she like shoves something in his mouth. In his mouth. Yeah. All very intense. Brutal. All very intense. Um, Yeah. I think one thing that was extra shocking to me, which is like, it, it was not even a plot point, was when. Gary Clark is walking through the place and he finds a, like a security guard and he points a gun at the security guard and he's like, I have a family. And then he shoots him and like kills him. And you don't really, it's not even like really relevant to the plot. He's not like a recurring yeah. character or anything. But then later on Mandy Moore, uh, the, what is the name of the surgeon who was, I mean the doctor who was under the bed, Dr. Bailey, Dr. Bailey asked Mandy Moore to like peek her head out and see if she can see anything. And all she's like, I see a dead security guard. He's dead. And it was just yeah. like, Oh my God. Oh, yeah, you, like, We saw that happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Um, I think that a moment that was even shocking to me upon rewatch was when they're doing surgery. Okay. Two, two shocking moments. Mm -hmm. One is when, um, Meredith has to sit on the floor in the scrub room and can't look in Mm. and Hunt comes in and he's like, I'm just going to take a peek. And he's like, you just stay right there. I'm going to go in. You see that the shooter's in there. Owen, thank God. Derek has been shot. No one was down here. We didn't know what to do. Christine is in there. She told me not to look, but she might need help. Uh, she seems to be doing okay. But I'll just head in there and see what I can do. But you're not scrubbing in? I'll assess first, and if she needs me, then I'll scrub in. Christina was right. You should stay down there, okay? Don't move. A real surgeon is here. That's a good thing. That means that Derek's going to be okay. Oh, just calm down, calm down. Tell me what the problem is. Oh, wait. 
here. Yeah. That's a shock. And then also when uh, it appears that Derek flatlines yeah. and Meredith, but it's like, just they like, yeah, it's because they disconnected mm-hmm. um, the sensors so that oh they could gosh. trick him. That also just like incredibly shocking. Also, yeah. this is like, this was like a long con shocking. Well, not even, it was only two episodes, but it's like, she finds out she's pregnant in the beginning of the episode and then has a miscarriage by the end of the second episode. I know. And that and that opening scene where she tells Christina that she's pregnant that is like, like one of my favorite. So beautiful. I love Sandra. One of my Sandra. favorite ones. Oh, she's I the best. I love Sandra. Yeah. The very first podca- podcast episode for this podcast was me and Bo and Ying talking about uh, Sandra O oh slash Christina Yang. And mm-hmm. that was a scene that I chose where they where uh, she's like, are we happy about this? Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and they're like. like I think. Are you going are. to make a legally like, like yeah. your legal decision? Sure, yeah. <laughs> or are you going to enact your legal right to choose? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, but also that scene, it was like a little bit later what they're talking about being godparents. And she's like, yeah, if something happens to me and Derek, then you would be the baby yeah. would be yours. And she's like, I, I kind of want you and Derek to die in a plane crash. <laughs> yeah. It was just very Sandra Oh and very cute. I loved it's, it. It's great. And it's also like, you guys don't know how dangerous the hospital is. I was going to say foreshadowing. Right like, yeah. Thank you, Shonda. Um, it's interesting because when I also was reading revisiting Lexi's story Lexi was also Gary Clark's wife's doctor and she's like devastated oh. when Gary Clark's wife dies mm-hmm. like she feels a lot of like empathy and sadness about it mm-hmm. in any case you know she has that run in where she's bringing the the things back mm-hmm. um to to treat Karev and he tries to shoot her and yeah. something happens like the SWAT team kind of appears from behind and she's they able like, to kind of escape yeah and you end up seeing in the beginning of season seven that Lexi has like extreme PTSD. Oh, I'm understandably. Sure. Of course. And you see her in like some kind of um hospital mandated, you know, therapy, mm-hmm. like group therapy. And she has this like feverish speech, which will play. I read a book about the history of mass murders in the US. Yeah, that's that's the actual name of what happened to us. It was a mass murder. You can't call it a terrorist attack because the murders weren't political in nature. And we weren't the victims of a serial killer because Mr. Clark would have had to murder several people over a period longer than 30 days in order to qualify as a serial killer. And we we could call it a spree killing, which is defined as killings at two or more locations with no break or pause in between because Mr. Clark shot that guy in his car before he got here. But I'm not sure that that counts as a true second location since it was so close to the hospital, which means that we were a mass murder. Because it happened at one place by one person and more than four people were killed. Um, yeah. Did your roommate tell you what ends up happening with Mandy Moore? I know that she dies at some point, yeah. right? I don't know. I didn't know why. I just And I, she didn't even tell me that. I just know that from like the zeitgeist of you know Grey's what? Anatomy. We never find out why. <gasps> She dies from some type of complication, and Dr. Bailey, who is the one who is under the bed, mm-hmm. goes to talk to the um, autopsy like person, like the medical examiner, except for it's someone who works in the hospital. So I don't the, like someone who walks, works in the morgue. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I need to know why like this woman happened. died. Yeah. And in this, like, autopsy person's like chewing gum as she's doing her job and stuff like that. And it's like, she's very good at her job. And sure. she does. like, it's this very, it's this very interesting scene, but yeah, you never find out why Mandy Moore's character bummer. died. And it's really, 
upsetting. <laughs> that is incredibly upsetting. Yeah. Um, the scene where Mandy Moore, it's before they'd even know they're on lockdown, but her boy, her husband is there, her boyfriend is there, and they thought she was going to do a surgery, so she's been fasting for a day, for 24 hours. And then she's so hungry again, she finds out that it's going to be postponed. Yeah, and so she's like, can you go out and get me a slice of pizza with like pepperoni and all the stuff on it? And he's like, cool, I'll be back in 10 minutes. Um, I was like, this is A, heartwarming, and B, like, something's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Like, something's going to happen. No, this man is not, <laughs> it's is... not coming back promptly yeah. with pizza. Oh, gosh. But seeing Mandy Moore in that role where she has to talk about her poop bag was very interesting to me. Oh, I forgot about the Clostomy bag yeah. as kind of part of her personality. Mm. She does look very sick in that role. Yeah. She looks very pale. Like when they pull back the covers and she's supposed to be playing dead, mm-hmm. you're like, I'd she buy it. She'd be dead, yeah, yeah. for sure. She and Gary Clark Anne. bought it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, were you surprised when Derek was shot? It was so... I kept doing this thing where I, it was getting so intense with the first episode and I wanted to eat that um, I was checking how long that we had left, like just hovering over like the timeline on Netflix <laughs> yeah. and just seeing how many minutes were left. And I was like, oh, wait, OK, so if you didn't shoot him at first, there's obviously going to be a conversation between these two. He's going to like show him his humanity. They're going to try to like work this out. And then his gun was getting lowered. And I was like, this isn't over. Like yeah. this is a two episode arc. I, I know this is not over. And when the door opens and it was April, I was like, I knew I didn't like you. I knew you were annoying for some reason, but also it's not her fault. It's not her fault, but also it was like she was told to stay where to she stay was. To freaking was. And she was. didn't do it. <sighs> but also at the same time, it's like, yeah, you just tripped over your dead best friend. I would want to be know. around someone too. Um, but yeah, oh my gosh, tricky. But no, so I knew that he was going to get shot. I didn't expect it to go in that way. And I mm-hmm. also was devastated for Meredith Grey to have to watch that go down when she just found out she's pregnant with his child and also hadn't even told him yet, right? Yeah. Because that doesn't happen to the second part of that. <sighs> yeah. It's, it was it was tricky. Do you think that watching these episodes made you interesting and interested in, like, discovering the world of Greys? Or were you were like, this is actually quite all right. Thank you very much. I think that watching those two episodes in a row was quite all right for that day. Yes, but yes, yes. I would love to. I found myself like so surprised, and my roommate did because she knows I'm obsessed with this other with SVU, which is like equally as intense. And she was like, "It's surprising to me that this was so traumatic for you." And I'm like, "Yes, yeah, because I've seen every episode of Law and Order, so I know it's going to happen, and it's right. fine." Right, and it's a lot more formulaic than like something like this, where totally. it's genuinely designed to like shock you as many times as possible exactly and it sure did yeah but um i definitely now want to like start from the beginning and just like watch it because i want to see an episode where something like something medical happens and it's not like traumatic it's like they're trying to figure it out yeah you know like house style Mm -hmm. house which premiered the same season that gray's premiered Ah, i did not know that yeah gray's was like underestimated as a show because house was like gonna be this big yeah thing of and it was course. it and was it, a big thing. yeah but yeah but uh grace and continues to be a big thing yes that's so true not so brag. eat it Hugh Lori. <laughs> um yeah i mean i think that i think that as much as it's like kind of a weird episode mm-hmm. because of the shootings and stuff like that it is like a very typical grace episode in other in other ways and you got to know you got to know like kind of the characters in extreme circumstances. Sure. But, I mean, the only thing that kind of like brings me out of that episode and makes me not be like absolutely devastated mm-hmm. is the fact that the SWAT team is like in the hospital and yet Gary Clark manages to visit every single significant character 
And you're like, well, he's How just like that part of it is so um, much not realistic totally. that you're like, okay. Oh, what did you think of the moment when he goes to the peds ward? Oh my gosh. Because at this point, all the kids were in one room. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to feel a poke and it's going to hurt, but only for a little while. And no squirming. It hurts. All right, squeeze my hand, squeeze my hand, tight, tight, tight. Good. Tight, 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 come on. Oh, wow. You're strong. There are only children here. They shot me. That was intense. I didn't think that at one point I forget which character it was, but it's like he wouldn't do this. It's like a room full of children. Yeah. And I had to just hold on to that. I was yeah. like, no, he wouldn't do this. It's a room full of children. And especially because this happened after he didn't shoot Dr. Bailey because yeah. she said she was a nurse. So I was like, there's some kind of humanity there. He's specifically only going after surgeons, although he said that at first and he's already killed a bunch of like random people. Right. So like I was like anyone who's in his way. <sighs> very torn. Yeah. Um, yeah, the moment when like when she said when Arizona's like there are only children. There's here. only children. That's like, what it was. That's yeah. like a very like it was like please don't. And then like he leaves and then she just like starts crying. Of course, but it's yeah. like she defended all of these little babies. You know? Oh my gosh. Oh, I lo- I love that character, Arizona <sighs> Robbins, and Callie is her girlfriend. Yeah. So. I had to kind of like learn these relationships kind of on, yeah, on the fly. They're very relevant you know? to the, totally, to the episode. Totally. Yeah. There was one, or even when she's like, when I forget which, what her name was, but she suggests that they move all the children into one room mm-hmm. and um, her, I guess it's her ex. The, the doctor is like, yeah, that's actually a really good idea. We like, we have wheelchairs. We can push some kids in there. If uh, the kids who are not that sick can like walk in there, that's a great idea. And she's like, yeah, yeah okay, thanks. And then she just like walks away. <laughs> it's like, ooh, there's drama here. And I don't know what it is, but I love it. I believe in the time it is drama about wanting to have a kid. That Arizona, the blonde doctor who's mm-hmm. a peds doctor, it's like, I don't want to ever have kids. And here's why. All I do is work is with work kids with and work kids. with yeah. sick kids. And mm-hmm. it's depressing. And I don't want to do that. And Callie's like, well, here's something interesting about me. I am actually obsessed with the idea of having a baby and I need to be a mom. Dang. Yeah. That's hard. I'm actually not going to really go into how she ends up having a kid because it genuinely involves five different characters. But it it does happen. Mm-hmm. I think like... Are they both sure. happy or... Yeah. I mean, yeah, they. It's it's really interesting. I think that like... Obviously, part of it is because Grace happens over so many seasons, Mm. but you really do see like a lot of different kinds of relationship conflicts portrayed on screen that in a lot of shows I think would be like 
the thing. It's yeah. like the thing about this couple is that one wants to have kids and the other one doesn't. Whereas like it's genuinely treated as like pl- a plot point and it's like a prolonged conflict yeah, like in the relationship. But it's like, kind of realistic and mm-hmm. that like that's not something that comes up right when they start dating. Mm-hmm. It's something that comes up when things start to get really serious mm-hmm. and then that's realistic and then they kind of deal with it and they I think break up and then eventually they do get back together. Yeah. But like, you know, I think, I think that kind of plays out in a way that it's like, Oh yeah. I like, I recognize how that kind of happens. Um, but yeah, but, uh, Callie who is, uh, the one with the brown hair, uh, who is the ex with like the bangs and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. She, um, She's a uh, ortho surgeon, like mm-hmm. um, bones and stuff like that. So the fact that she's on that floor, like sh- she does not uh, work with kids or anything like mm-hmm. that at all. But she she's very good with kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other characters that you that I met. met. Oh, I was devastated that the surgeon who was shot by Gary Clark in the bathroom died, died in the end. That was so horrible because I, it was like, they keep you going right until the very end. Yeah. And, well, it's, and especially when the other, isn't Mandy Moore who says it? He's like, is, is he dying now? And Dr. Bailey's like, yeah. Yeah. Or I think it might even be Charles who asks where he's oh, yeah, like, I don't someone. feel pain anymore. That's, Oh yeah. That's a like a bad sign. sign. Yeah. And she's like, yeah. yeah, I think you're dying. But the saddest part is that he's like, can you tell Reed that I love her? That I like, <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah that that, I, like I've always had a crush. Had on her, a crush on her, yeah. Which you know, as an aud- you know, as an audience um, member, when Mercy West first merges with Seattle Grace, there's kind of this understanding that like now the doctor has twice as many, or the doctor now the hospital has twice as many doctors, mm-hmm. and um, they're going to have to be layoffs yeah. because like there's just too many people here, and so it feels like this massive competition where it's like the older people are like, it's like these parasites who've come in and infected our workplace. And like they're taking, they might take our jobs. And then the new people are like, our fucking hospital disappeared overnight. And now we have to compete with this whole other group of people. So it's kind of like they're against each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, people manipulate each other in different ways. And, uh, Catherine Heigl is manipulated by Charles, the one who dies by the elevators Mm -hmm. because he's like, he tells her like, oh, I have this crush on Reed and she doesn't know I exist and stuff like that. And he's doing it to manipulate her into like liking him and giving her surgeries or he, he I can't remember exactly how he takes advantage of yeah. her in some way, but like he kind of like use, he weaponizes that. Mm-hmm. But then you actually do kind of find out like, oh, he actually was, he was being an asshole, mm-hmm. but he actually was telling the truth. But he, did he does like have feelings for Reed. Yeah. And so, and and you kind of get like actual ultimate confirmation of that later when he's dying. And yeah. he's like, can you tell Reed that I've been in love with but her? he doesn't even and know that like, she's already dead. Yeah. And that she was like the first person. Yeah. And she die. was like capital D dead. Yeah. Like oh. it wasn't like they pulled her into a room and tried to save her. It was like, no, no. Nah. She was dead. The, yeah, yeah. She was instantly she dead. She was like was dead, dead. Horrible. Oh, God. I'm dying, right? Yes. Yes, Charles, you are dying. But I don't want you to worry. I don't want you to be afraid. Because I am not going to leave you. Hey, Mary, 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 and I are going to be with you. 
the whole time. You are not alone. You hear me? You are not alone. Even uh, that, uh, going back to April. Yes, <laughs> piss please. Me off. Uh, please me go off. back to April. Um, that whole speech where she's, it starts with, like the farm stuff. And that was already annoying. because I was like, get to the freaking point. Yes. But then she's like, and Reed, she's like so thin. She like barely weighs a hundred pounds. Like she had so much blood in her. And it's like, just express what you have to say. Right. You don't like, I, I don't know. You know what? That's a really good example of a Sean vlog though. Yeah, totally. It yeah, was ever like. Oh, like, okay. I honestly didn't know what you meant by shot and dialogue until this very moment, and now I totally do. It's yes. like all these characters have their own monologues. Yes. I figured it out. You nailed it. Yeah. I did it. They're, and, and that's like, so a, a big characteristic of a shot and dialogue is mm-hmm. like there's like a thesis statement. Totally. And like, <laughs> and like the thesis statement of that one is like, she just had so much blood. She's in so her. much blood. Like she yeah. has so much blood. Mm-hmm. And she just keeps kind of returning to this idea of like, and I've seen blood before yeah. because I've Through seen, I've, farm, you, you know, see. bleed like a stuck pig. Like I've heard the phrase, like, you know, and she just keeps coming back to it. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. There is, is a, it in this episode where someone says, if he dies, I die. And that's like a monologue. I might even be imagining this, but I think at some point, like Meredith talks about like the importance of Derek. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah. When she goes in, she's like, shoot me. Yeah. Shoot me. Meredith, you want justice, right? Your wife died. I know what happened. Derek told me the story. Lexi Gray is the one who pulled the plug on your wife. She's my sister. Dr. Weber, he was your wife's doctor. I'm the closest thing he has to a daughter. And the man on the table, I'm his wife. If you want to hurt them the way that you hurt, shoot me. I'm your eye for an eye. Intense. Uh, Ellen Pompeo really delivers. She's just amazing. Isn't she fucking She's just amazing. Like the combo of her and Sandra O is just like, I know. And the thing that's crazy is I really think it's acting. Yeah. I, I think that like they have mutual respect for one another, mm-hmm. but I don't think they're like very close friends or anything. The chemistry they have on, on, sta- on screen set is, though yeah. is, yeah. It's is, unbelievable. It's amazing. But yeah, I do think it's acting. <laughs> yeah. And, and good for them. And good for, and good for them. them as actors. There was one, it wasn't even a Shondalog, I don't think. And I actually don't know, do episodes always start like this where- um, There's voiceover? Yeah. yeah. Does it always start like mm-hmm. that? I remember at first I was just like, okay, cool. We're jumping in. This is going to be something intense because she's talking about like her mother and like how oh, she grew I up in the hospital. You used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I forgot um, that that's, yeah, that's the monologue. But then she does it again at the end, at the end of the first episode. And I was like, again, still touched because it was like a very touching, like kind of statement that she was making. But it was also the thing that was, this is so petty and stupid, but no, it was no, like, no. she was like, I grew up coloring in like the morgue or like I grew up playing in like ORs or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I know your mom had enough money as a surgeon to like get a babysitter. Why were you here growing up? Yeah. It's very stupid that I thought that, but it was no, just. No, 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 you're correct. Her mom was a, I guess I would say a bad mother mm. is like a lot of it. And you do find out, this is not the first time that we've like learned, like there's this, um, there's this episode where she's she sees this doll that's called like Anatomy Jane. Mm-hmm. And it's like this Barbie that like you take the the abdominal wall off and, and all of like her intestines are in are in, like all the organs. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how she like 
would follow her mom around in the hospital like for days and she just would play with the doll. And Dr. Weber, who's um, he's a surgeon who at the very end like goes in and tells Gary Clark to like kill himself. Oh, yeah. Which we like, they have one bullet. That's talk what, about that talk about in a second. Yep. Mm-hmm. So Weber, when you start the series, mm-hmm. he's the chief of surgery. The reason why he's not the chief of surgery at this moment is because he had a drinking problem. Oh, yikes. And he goes off to as kind of a negotiation, he goes off to rehab to get sober and Derek kind of steps, steps in. in. Gotcha. Yeah. And he he's back at this point, but he's not the chief he's of surgery. Chief he will yeah. eventually return to that role and then leave it once more. Um, in any case, he there's this like amazing moment at the end of the episode where he's been like really weird to Meredith. Oh, yeah. I should say he had an affair with Meredith's okay. mom. Yeah. And you you kind of know but you don't know for a while and then eventually you find out and there's this moment where he is like I froze up when I saw this doll because I saw your mom like neglect you and I you just like would play with this doll all Mm -hmm. through the hospital and your mom would yell at you for playing this with this doll like and being underfoot and stuff like that like all you wanted to do was just like be like her and stuff like that that's so sad I know you see but you see there are a lot of moments like that where you kind of have this picture painted of what her childhood was like, which was like, I mean, true. It really was not good. Her mom (sighs) resented Meredith for being there because she felt like it was, it affected her career. Like detrimental to her career. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Actually adding that context actually makes the whole miscarriage angle so sad too, because she was like very excited to have this baby. Yeah. And that, and that's a moment of intense personal growth for Mm -hmm. Meredith because Meredith starts off having so much damage from both her relationship with her dad and kind of her complex with her mom. Mm -hmm. Uh, A very like uh, big moment with Meredith is her mom becomes lucid, like kind of right before she dies. Mm -hmm. And she's like, tell me about your life. Like, what do you do? Like what, you know, have you figured out a specialty yet? Like what, what are you all about? And it's this moment where it's like, Oh my God, this is like her mom is there and interested in her life. And Meredith's kind of overcome. And she's like, um, it's good. You know, I'm still in my intern year. And she talks about how she's dating Derek, who's Mm -hmm. like the head of neuro. And she's like, I don't know, like things are good, but I don't really like, I don't know. And she kind of is gushing about it. Mm -hmm. And her mom like turns like cold. And she's like, look at you, like, babbling on about a man like when you're in your intern year and stuff like that like imagine how I feel like waking up after how many years of being you know and to find out that you're you're not extraordinary that you're just there's just this girl like babbling about a boy and it's devastating and it's the last lucid moment that she has with her mom and she later kind of understands that like her mom felt like men were the real reason why. Yeah. It was like her husband held her back. And then later she had this affair with Richard Weber and he couldn't leave his wife in order to like be there for her. Um, And men are weak and Mm -hmm. she was strong and it was like, no one could just like be there for her. And, and it's, it's interesting like that, dynamic and stuff like that but it's definitely a moment it's a culmination of a lot of personal growth and therapy that we see her go through in season four that like she ends up like getting pregnant wanting a baby understanding that you can have both Mm -hmm. like being like i can have it all yeah like she seems she was like like she was really excited right and she does end up having kids oh okay that's Um, good 
compared to Christina, who is characterized by absolutely not wanting to have kids, getting multiple abortions over the course of the show, and um, having men, like, who she is romantically involved with, like, resent her for For that. that. Yeah. And she's like, no, bitch. I also... (laughs) I don't want kids. It's weird. I also feel like I know that about her character from the... From just Grey's Anatomy being part of the uh, media sphere for a while. I know. So then do you know that Derek is McDreamy? Yes. To speak? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Mark is McSteamy. I didn't know about McSteamy. Yes. Interesting. A lesser a lesser used term. Sure. Later in the series, but early on when he comes in, that's kind of like his deal. It's McDreamy and McSteamy. Yeah. It's a smart show for smart people, but it doesn't <laughs> seem that way right now. And totally I, and I recognize that. <laughs> well, I can't wait to dive in. What was the scene we were going to talk about? The ending with Weber. So did you find that satisfactory? That's how it ends? I found it a little unrealistic. Not that the show is meant to be realistic, of course. But that the whole, I guess it wasn't a Shondalogue, but it was like a Shondialogue, if you will, between those two, you know, where it was like like, this like coded language. Yeah, it's like, well, I was going to kill, I only have one bullet and I was going to kill you and then kill myself. But like now I only have one. So like, what do I do? And he's like kind of, Who's the doctor that's in there or the surgeon that's in there? Dr. Weber. Dr. Weber is like kind of egging him on, but in like a very, I don't even know how to describe it. It was. Oh, and that moment where he offers him the flask. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Added, added significance because he's newly sober. And he, he sniffed it, like realized it was like vodka, vodka or something. And, yep, mm-hmm. and put it, I was like, I didn't know that he was newly sober, but I could like glean that oh, kind yeah. of. And it was like, whoa. The subtext is there. It's and it's loud. Yeah. yeah. It, it's thick. Some loud, thick subtext. <laughs> Um, but the idea that Gary Clark, because he got taken in alive. No, what? he kills himself. Oh. D- Maybe I just like turned it off toward the end. I feel like I. Well, because he's like, I have one bullet. It's either for you or for me. Mm-hmm. And when I think we are to presume that when Weber walks out alive. Oh, that's right. There's that a that gunshot. Bu- that other bullet must There's have a gunshot. been that. I think I was confusing it with the scene where. They, the SWAT team like kind of goes after him and they like kind of shoot after shoot at him. But yeah, it, like, that's when Lexi of, has like the cart. The cart. Yeah. And, he, and he's he gets like, shot in the shoulder. that's what it was where I was like, I, I guess I was confusing that with like, that's the time where they took him in. But no, he like, you hear, he, Weber walks out of the room and you hear that gunshot. And then it's like, but you kind of don't know, but you, you know. Yeah. You like know. Yeah. Yeah. I <sighs> find that ending, that's probably my least favorite element. A little of anticlimactic. It. It's a little anticlimactic and it's a little bit like, this whole thing of like you get to be with your wife in heaven, and I was like, does he like? Yeah, he like I mean, I don't even know like my own personal feelings about that. Aside, I'm like, does that track for anyone in this room that like this guy who just murdered like, like oh, eighteen fine. people? It's Seriously, like, yeah, just you go straight to paradise where yeah, you're finally where with your, your dead wife. wife is waiting. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess I. Being taken alive is like such like kind of a fan- a fantasy, probably more a fantasy than someone committing a mass murder and then taking their own life. Sure. However, the way that it's just phrased to him of like, you win. Like, yeah. You get like the you ultimate reward. And you get to be with your wife. Yeah. yeah. It was like a little bit like, why are you? If you really are just like, I've lived a good life. I'm ready to die. You know, mm-hmm. it is what it is. If you really feel that, then why would you... If you like there, there's just kind of a part of it that doesn't totally track for me. Totally. It doesn't it doesn't um, 
I, I mean, call, saying ruining the episode implies that like I like I love these episodes. Sure. Which is, like, they're very hard to watch. Yeah. And I actually hadn't rewatched them until recently, and I was I was surprised by how not surprised, but like because there was a reason why I hadn't watched it. But I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I mean, these are very hard to watch. Super. Hard. I had to take a break between the first and the second episode, and I should have just kind of like gone right through. And I think that's maybe why I was confused with like the scene where he gets shot and the scene where he actually like kills himself yeah. was because there was like, I took a break in between like the first half of that episode and the second. It was, yeah, I don't know. Also, I don't even, I guess this makes sense because a lot of people in the episodes were saying things that they didn't necessarily believe to like get out with their lives. Yeah. But like, I don't even think Dr. Weber believed that he was going to go be with his wife. I think that he was just saying that to him to like, you know what I mean? To like I get think him so too. To, uh, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Ugh. Well, if you do embark on the journey with Grays. You'll have to come back I on the podcast. I simply and cannot wait. Yeah. I mean, I, I obviously love Grays Anatomy because I have an entire podcast devoted to it. <laughs> so, I mean, no news there. But I love, I mean, I love the show. Mm. And I feel like a lot of my friends have started watching it because uh, because I started this podcast, which I'm genuinely honored. And it's it's really, it's really interesting that, like, everyone likes it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I have yet to talk to anyone who like started watching it who like didn't at least just like tear through the first four seasons yeah like um do you think that there are seasons that are not like are there seasons that people are just like "Mm, you don't you can do without these maybe not like plot related but are just like not great um it's interesting I think that people have different opinions and I think it depends on whether you watched it originally week by week or if you binged it Mm -hmm. Like, week by week, I think that people who watched it that way would have said that the first season that dips in quality is season five. Okay. But my impression from people who binge it is, you know, you just go through it so quickly that actually season five kind of has an imperceptible. Like, it's the first time that you kind of are like, what's going on with, like, this thing? Like, um, some of the original characters start, like, getting less FaceTime or having a plot that you don't really like. Mm -hmm. Um, George and Izzy in particular – and like there, I think there's more like kind of general dissatisfaction. You start not being like completely on board with stuff. But uh, I don't I don't think that anyone who I've met who's binged it has been like, oh, yeah, like I was tempted to stop in season five as opposed to like I've had Just people on the podcast through. who were like, yeah, when I was watching it in high school, like I stopped in season five because mm-hmm. it was like getting to be a little too much. But um, I mean, season 10 is when is when Sandra O oh leaves and every person I know who has binged it has been like, there's a dip for me there. Totally. Um, that has bravely not stopped them from continuing <laughs> to watch. Um, Rachel Winitsky, who was on the podcast when she was somewhere around season eight or so is now in season 11. Derek has just died. Oh, no. And she was like, it is not as good as it was before, but I'm grateful it's there. Sure. And I was like, yeah, I think that's kind of the mantra of a Grace fan is like, it may not be what it what it once was, but I but don't know there. what I'd do without it. Yeah, we're there for it. Yeah. I feel the same way. Sorry to bring it up again, but us for you. Listen, it is a battle every single day for me to not talk about CSI on this podcast because I really feel like I it, it discredits me as a Grays fan for me to just like also really talk about CSI. But CSI Las Vegas, which has 15 seasons, um, I also have seen like every single episode multiple times and it's on Hulu and God, do I recommend it? It's so good. There's 20, they're shooting the 21st season of SVU and they're all on Hulu, but like 
do you watch it weekly like as it comes out and stuff I like do they the 20th season just ended mm-hmm. um, so it's been like a little bit of a dearth in my life yeah but now I have Grey's Anatomy to fill it with wow I'm I mean so yeah I'm so excited I really am I yeah I mean I'm sure you feel this way about Olivia and the crew but it's like you know you got to check in and see how your friends are doing exactly and that's how I really exactly. feel about Grey's it's like I I don't really approve of what all of them are doing in their lives right now. I don't love every person, but you know, know. you don't, you're not always happy with every single person in your family. Sure. But you got to make decisions that I'm not crazy about, but like here I am for you. You have to support them. You have to love them. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much for being. Thank you for having me. This was was really fun. This was super fun. (laughs) Um, When you watch more, you will come back and you will, you'll choose like a character an episode or something. I don't know. I mean, honestly, if you start watching it in season two, you will hit that bomb in a body cavity episode. I'm going to I'm going to get through it. I don't know. I mean, your your roommate and friend knows you way better on this mm-hmm. and enough to say, like, that's probably not a good call for you. But I it is um, it it is like not exactly what it sounds like. Sure. It's basically like someone gets shot and they have a gunshot wound and they have to treat him for it. Mm-hmm. And then they realize like he was shot actually with a bazooka. And they're like, why did someone have a bazooka? And they were like, we were doing this world war two reenactment when we I think it was what it was doing. And like, mm-hmm. and we built this homemade bazooka. And oh, so they're like, Oh, he so has like a live, live explosive gotcha. inside of his body. And that's what they're contending with. I was thinking like, you know, they did like a, like a kind of spoof episode of, the pizza guy that had like the bomb strapped to him and they were like trying to rob a bank. I forget what show it even was. Oh yeah. And I feel like I like, or was it, it was a documentary on Netflix. That's what it was. Where oh. did you ever watch it? I do know what you're talking about. It was about. like a mockumentary kind yeah, of, but yeah, it was yeah. like that I couldn't watch. Um, and again, the CSI episode, but my, my roommate was just like, when we were trying to figure this out, she mentioned pink mist and I was like, I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah. I no, I mean, that part of that. it is unpleasant no matter what. But yeah, sure. but that, it, that is that is what it is. It's like an ac- it's an accident that happens. And Christina Ritchie guests as an EMT. Whoa. And she is it's like her first day on the job and she looks genuinely like a baby. And she has stuck her hand inside and has her hand on the ammo. And, you know, you don't want it like, to move or move jostle yeah. or anything. And she kind of gets yelled at at the beginning where they're like, you are new to this job, but you like, never why like, you put your hand inside of a body it, cavity of course without, like, not. knowing what's in there. And, you know, you and I know this. But Christina Ritchie's character, she doesn't She's know. New. She's new. She's new to the job. New. First day. She doesn't know. <sighs> Ugh, you will watch it. I can't I, I can feel it. I, I can can't feel wait. it. You're going to watch it. Um, okay. Thank you so much for being here. Where can people find you, you can and find all your stuff all over the web i'm an editor at reductress you can find my work there um i'm on twitter at at casual afro i'm on instagram at, at taylor garen perfect yeah okay thank you everyone so much for listening you can always find me on twitter at n silverberg and if you haven't subscribed or rated or reviewed this podcast hell you could do that right now or not you know what it's honestly up to you some of you are driving and i am learning that a lot of you don't live in new york and that you're driving while you're listening to this so please please actually i beg you not to review um the podcast while you're driving okay well i'm gonna go now goodbye forever dog this has been a forever dog production executive produced by brett boehm joe cilio and alex ramsey For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcasts.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook.